All right. Well, so I, I made a dumb Ann Coulter joke on Twitter, and then you responded, did I ever tell you the time about my friend farting in her drink? And I was like, no, I think I would remember that. And so I demanded <laughs> demanded to hear the story. Uh, well, the funny thing is, is I've also tweeted it at Ann Coulter. <laughs> Uh, a few a few times, I just always will go, hey, just FYI, I remember my friend Barras farted into your drink, and then he watched you drink it. <laughs> and she she never responds, but some super angry conservatives. The funny thing is, they're like typical liberals, but my friend, and then I, re- and then the best part about it is, my friend's a Republican. <laughs> typical liberal move, so, farting into drinks. Yeah, yeah. Liberals are more liberal with the way they use their assholes. Well, uh, in the inner city, so like the if, you go, if you go to Chicago, was, it's a war zone over there. It's just people farting into <laughs> drinks everywhere. That's what President Trump would like you to believe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I wasn't there when this happened. He told me the story, so uh, I'm just relaying his story. But apparently, she came in and she was like with some dude. And she ordered like a martini or something, and he just hates her as anyone with any half a brain would do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he was always the guy at my work when I worked with him too. That if you, like I don't I don't like fucking with people's food even if they're awful because it's just it just seems like it's like breaking the public trust. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if we can't feel safe at restaurants. Where can we feel safe? So even when I hated somebody, I, I wouldn't shit on their phone do anything in their food but he would and and he'd be the guy where like you walk past him and you go uh i need a wiener martini on table whatever and then he would take a martini to the back and then stir it with his penis and then you'd give it to whoever <laughs> was drinking it uh-huh, uh-huh. so anyway before this he saw her there and so he took her drink and then he pulled down he went to he took it in the bathroom there was like a bathroom for employees which is a bad idea if you have a restaurant because that's all employees are going to do in that bathroom is like fucked up stuff. You should make them have the same bathroom as the guests. <laughs> um, and so uh, we, he took it in the back and then he pulled down his pants and he, he, the way he tells it is he said he took like, you know, it's like one of those wide martini glasses. Uh-huh, he's, uh-huh. Like, I cre- he's like, I created a suction around my asshole and then I farted <laughs> directly to it. He's like... He's like, there's no way my asshole is more than like two or three like centimeter or millimeters <laughs> away from the liquid. Uh-huh. And then, and then he brought, uh, he brought it to her table and he said he was like really anxious. Cause like, what if she doesn't, it's like one of those movies where you put poison in someone's drink right. and you're like waiting for them to drink it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they like, in like, she was like, he was afraid she was going to like give it to the other person and let them, but then he said, she just like downed it. He just watched her drink the whole thing. And he was like, it was amazing. And and then she didn't really say, I mean, she obviously didn't know. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, she, I mean, and I asked him, I was like, was it like a beefy fart? Was it like, just like a squeaker? <laughs> and he said it was a hot one. So <laughs> man, it's a hot one. Uh, yeah. So was Which it, is what that Rob Thomas song is about. Of course, of course. Was it a, I mean, was he like, here's your dirty martini, extra dirty? No, 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 no. He didn't, he didn't give any, he didn't tip anything. He's Did, just like, 
brought the uh, martini. He actually, I think he might have told me, he said something like, I'm a big fan or something like that. <laughs> Do you know, it was, uh, was it just a martini? Because, like, I don't know, for some reason in my mind, I was picturing a highball glass just because I feel like that leaves the most room for uh, uh, fart gas, like in the glass. Um, do you know if it was, was it just a martini? It was a martini glass. I know because he said that he, he said like the round, uh, edge of the glass, like he like basically pressed it up against his ass and created like, like almost, almost like, you know, those like nerf, uh, like darts that have like suction cups around the end right. of them. But to see a martini, you usually fill it all the way to the rim. So if you're on, if your butt's on the rim, it seems like your butt would be like right we in didn't... the liquid. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. I was like, did you feel any liquid touch your asshole? And he was like, he's like, I have so much hair around my asshole that I couldn't really feel it. Uh-huh. But I met, also the place that we worked at, they were pretty cheap. They don't, they get like, they have, and they were like this like club. So a lot of times at clubs, if you get mar- they'll only fill the martini like two thirds of the way because they know it's going to like spill everywhere. Right, right. Um, so it was like, we worked at a place like that where they were really big martini glasses. And they were like two thirds full. Cool, cool. Well, I'm, I'm really glad. I feel like the world needed to know that story, and uh, I'm glad that you told it. Yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm just no. Every time I think about it, every time she tweets something really fucking stupid, or she's just is super annoying, I think about how she just drank like shit water, basically. <laughs> yeah. From and also, my friend who did it was like he's like one of he like never showers, like one of the grossest dudes I know. I don't really talk to him very, I haven't talked to him in a while, but like he was disgusting. And also when you're waiting tables, you're like getting real sweaty, mm-hmm. you're like running around. Mm-hmm. It was, she was plenty gross. Yeah. All that checks out. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad I could have this remote uh, broadcast appearance. What's going on? It's the Film Drunk Broadcast coming back at you, not live, from the Frog Quarters in San Francisco. It's going to be a great show today. Sitting across from me, I got the San Diego Hammer, Mr. Joey Avery. Let's go. I am lubricated and ready for entry. Indeed. As always, he's he's just like the perfect twink. And to my right, (laughs) Ms. Allison Mick. Hello. It's so hot out. It's real hot out. It's hot. It's like I, I have that app that tells you what temperature it is in different parts of the city. Oh, and like, it was like oh, in different parts of the city in, of like, San Francisco. A thermometer. It's a good app. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a little more complicated than that. Okay, Allison. They got a lot of they got a lot of climates. Se- ever heard of them? A lot of a lot of Series A funding. Uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> they're, gonna they're going IPO, IPO soon. Yeah. Uh, no, it was like. It, it was like 50-something in the mission right next to Noe Valley, which was 103. So Whoa. There you go. Wow. You no, go. 103 in Noe Valley? Yeah. Gross. Wow. How are they going to walk their dogs and babies? Seriously. <laughs> Can't walk your baby in 103-degree heat? Just let the dog walk the baby. <laughs> <laughs> the double leash. Um, I thought we'd start off with some news. Always uplifting. Yeah. People are into that. Well, some movie news. Since we're theoretically oh, okay. a movie podcast. Right. Movie news. Yeah. Mm. Well, later we got Steve... I should I should lay out the space docket. Yeah. Uh, we got Steve Ramucci coming on. He is the Uproxx Life Editor. He also wrote a, a children's book. And we went to a music festival together over the weekend. Uh, and he's, we got some cool stories from that. What music festival? Uh, it was the Oregon Eclipse Festival, which is basically Burning Man 
but in Oregon. But for people with jobs? Yeah. Well, I think they're both for not for people with jobs. So it was during jobs. the eclipse? Yeah, it was. They also did, uh, what's the other one? Oh, fuck. They used, no, they do They do a fun like indie festival near here, but they moved it to Oregon for the eclipse. Oh, nice. Well, they, it was, so this it one was supposed though. to, this one, they like combined a bunch of different festivals. Symbiosis. Into, yeah, that's what it was. That's yeah. what it was? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Symbiosis is usually right here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's supposed to be super cool. So Super sick. Dude. Yeah. Did you, did you like get in touch with your inner hippie? Well, just imagine me at a festival. Yeah, <laughs> so that's why, I that's like why it's just, funny. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah. I feel like you. How just, little fun did you have? I mean,. There was times when I had. I was very I glad. You reluctantly to, had fun. I was glad to leave. I'll say that. Yeah, I was, I was sure. happy I went, and then really happy to leave. Do you say yeah. it was an experience? Yeah, exactly. You didn't like it, but you spent money, so you have to say you enjoyed it. No, I didn't spend money. This was a journalistic endeavor that I did, did not have to pay for. Did you do hard drugs or no? I mean, to find hard drugs. Yeah, to find hard drugs. <laughs> <laughs> tell me what you did, <laughs> and I'll tell you if it's hard. Yeah. We'll get into that later. Okay, we'll, cool, we'll get cool, into it yeah. when Steve gets on. Okay. Uh, in the meantime, uh, if you hard wanna... drugs are drugs that make you hard. Okay, okay. We so do a lot of Cialis and just <laughs> yeah. sword fight. Um, uh, Patreon.com/slash/frogcast if you want to donate. And uh, yeah, let's start with some movie news. I like this new thing we do that we get real pissed at uh, yes. ideas like before they're even yeah. a thing. So mm-hmm. this week it's the all-female remake of Lord of the Flies, a.k.a. Lady of the Flies. Uh, <laughs> written... Mistress of the Flies. <laughs> I'm not sure if, if the backlash is because uh, it's an inherently stupid idea or if it's also because there's two dudes writing it or... I Why can't it both be everything? Can be, yeah, both can definitely be <laughs> we're true. We're women. We can have it all. We can be <laughs> mad true. at so many things at once. That's why we're good multitaskers. All of the outrages. We can do it. We should do an all-male remake of Sex in the City. <laughs> I feel like that would be great. Is and that, that just Entourage? Well, that, yeah, that's... Yeah, well, that's oh, <laughs> entourage. Yeah, that's fair. And there was that Zac Efron like movie. pretty and fuck, too. Mm-hmm. What's mm-hmm. Zac Efron movie? Uh, Tell me. That awkward moment. Mm. Oh, with him and Michael B. Jordan? Yeah. Mm. It wasn't good. But it's, it was basically good. male sex in the city. Sex in the city wasn't good. Mm-hmm. But it's great if you're right. a 13-year-old that's like, that's going to be me one day. I've yeah. rewatched some of that recently, and it's pretty funny because like like every single thing that any of the you characters... just pour like a glass of Chardonnay yeah. and put on some fuzzy socks. A little and Sylvie B. And, 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 yeah. and some, <laughs> some chips. Uh, no, it's funny because like every single character is so painfully on brand at every single moment of the show. Like yeah. every single... Every single topic that comes up, it's like, I'm Carrie. I'm a writer artsy chick. And then it's like, well, I'm Samantha and I like sex. And then, you know, it's like every single thing, yeah. you do not deviate from their brand. There's right. like no nuance. Somebody in the writer's room just said a sentence and then they put it within like a four <laughs> yeah. quadrant thing. It's like, the, what is the Dungeons and Dragons chart with the, oh, the alignment chart? There you go. There's something to be said for that, I think. Charlotte is sometimes definitely lawful. That's, sometimes that's what people want. They're like, yeah, let me just watch these people be exactly the same because that's how most of my life's been going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's easy. That's how people that I know are. I remember watching like the OC when I was <laughs> Dude, like high school. Do you remember ass. living the OC, and it Joey? Was all, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> remember? <Nailed that. laughs> have I left? 
I just remember my one complaint with the show being like, do they make all this dramatic shit happen? And really, I just want to watch these characters like have a good time hanging out at this nice house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like, how I felt about Degrassi. Like those kids never had a good day. I know. And they deserve it. Like they're Canadian. They didn't mm, do anything to anybody why, except when they were doing so stuff to each to, other all the time. To prove. Well, you know what? He got shot. Yeah. The more the more structurally sound your social safety net, the more time you got to worry about your dumb bullshit high school drama. That's oh, fair. Man. I think that's the moral of that. That's, story. that's Maslow's kids. hierarchy of bitching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys could see Joey right now, just luminous. Um. So, female Lord of the Flies, aka Lady <laughs> yeah. of the Flies. Oh, yeah. I feel yeah. like we're stuck in this uh, in this middle gear of wokeness right now, mm-hmm. where we're like, hey. We should not do all stories about white males, but then like all we have are story templates about white males. So we're like, what if we do a female version of blah, 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 blah. And this is like the perfect illustration of it because it's like inherently a story about like toxic masculinity or whatever. And then we're like, well, what if it was girls with toxic masculinity? And you're like, no. It doesn't, yeah. Yeah. It's like write a new syndrome. Write a new good story. It's like somebody who wrote, decided that, like, read the cliff notes, and they're like, oh, it's about, like, the inherent evil of human nature. Yeah, human nature, without getting to the page after that, where it's like, well, human nature, like, they're just basing it on white guys. (laughs) What do you think they're looking at that going, like, well, the female Ghostbusters was a success for everyone involved. That's the manliest <laughs> thing in the world, busting ghosts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Second manliest. I, it's, girls don't get to bust ghosts. Like, guys get to bust ghosts. And then girls, right. you know, hopefully they get to bust, but not always. It's just a weird scenario because in Hollywood, the business situation is if you have a story that everyone knows, people are already talking about it. They're already interested in seeing it. You don't have to sell them on some idea, which is really hard to get across. But I think a better version of wokeness would be to have new relevant stories right. that are oh, yeah. applicable yeah. to the time period that are actually good. Yeah. Well, that's like <laughs> maybe we'll be good. Who knows? Yeah, thank you. It's yeah. like the female superhero thing. It's like um, they just sort of swap the gender and then they have them act exactly like dude superheroes. And you're like, I don't. I mean, this is. I guess okay, this James is James Cameron. This is like down. incrementally better, but like not that much better. Yeah, I never. I don't watch superhero movies either way, so I don't. Have I mean, was James Cameron wrong when he said what he said? What he said? Yes. What did he say? Uh, he didn't like he Wonder say? Woman because I mean, he she like, was like too feminine. He was like, no, like she should be able to be tough, and like the whole thing was like everyone loved her because she like did everything she did out of love, and she still kicked ass. I'm like, oh, she likes is still a woman, yeah, but, but she's still kicking see, I, ass. I like that. But she she murked a bunch of German teens out of love though. Like it wasn't. It was like very. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what do German le- teens grow up to be? Yeah, who's less deserving of love than German <laughs> teens? Have you met those that's, guys? That's fair. Yeah, but I've watched a lot of them online. They wear they highlighter like colored shorts. They're good at love. That's um, a good point. Yeah, I, I don't know what his exact statement was, but that's a that's a little bit weird. So he wanted her to kick ass just like a dude would. He basically compared her negatively to Linda Hamilton in Terminator Two, which mm. was. I don't know. It doesn't seem like that unfair of a criticism to me. I mean, she's a more interesting character. Yeah, because she had six movies and a TV show backing her up. Like, she wasn't initially fleshed out in original Terminator or mm-hmm. Terminator Two. She was just kicking ass. I also which, think like, it's funny how a comment about your perception of a particular character in a movie can be like, "Oh, well, aren't you a sexist piece of shit?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like I didn't like the character. Like, you know? Yeah. 
I mean, it didn't help that him and Linda Hamilton had like a nasty divorce and some other things. Didn't he date uh, Catherine Bigelow? To, did they were they yeah, married? Yeah, but they were married before. I think they're. Did I think he, he leave her for uh, Linda? Yeah, Hamilton? I want to say he did. Yeah. Wait, so was he saying he liked Linda Hamilton or no? Yeah, he was. Oh, so he's just trying to score some extra he's points. Trying to get her back. Trying to get a little <laughs> bit of that. Back. Get that good old snatch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it feels like home. Hammy snatch. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Just sprucing up the spank bank, you know? That's As good. men do. That's a, that's, I mean, it's interesting when you can use a public platform to throw your ex a bone. Like, that's that's mm-hmm. pretty nice. Yeah, sure. Would you think why else be successful? <laughs> yeah. Very woke of you, Joey. Thank you. I got this. Uh, speaking of woke, <laughs> abortion check. Other other news. Ed no. Screen, 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 Screen. Is it E I or I E? E I. Anyway, he dropped Scrine. out of the uh, the Hellboy remake because um, there was a the, he was supposed to play the Japanese character. Good for and, him. And uh, and he was like, no, that's whitewashing, and I will not stand for it. Mm. He doesn't want his name on that shirt with Scarlett Johansson where they're like Scarlett and Emma Stone and all the other people that played Asian characters. Mm-hmm. Was he going Is to it, play uh, an Asian character or was he just going to play himself in that role and make it not an Asian character? If it's supposed to be an Asian character, he's like, well, right. What was he going to do like an act? Was he going to no, like, no. <laughs> like Asian it up? I don't like, think Mickey they're... Rooney the whole thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, how raw? Uh, I don't think they're like asking him to do that, but... Uh... I don't know. I feel They're like we make the character white. I feel like it, we give the actor shit when it's definitely not really their fault. But I like well, that he, yeah. I he's like, showing I, I like, why we should give the actor shit because right. he's like, oh, you can just turn down these roles. Like no one ever yeah. heard of this guy before this. Like this would have been like a game changer for him, but he's mm-hmm. turning the opposite into a game changer for him. Mm-hmm. He's like a grunt, and it's true that if neither of the grunts show up, you can't have a war. But ideally, it would be like the president or the general who would realize maybe I shouldn't send him in here. The general like of Scarlett Johansson and that bitch if, wants money. What if in the same you movie... You mean because I, I feel like you're making, you're casting aspersions on, on her on her ethnic background. She's I mean, African, she's not Asian. She? <laughs> she's African. I, think, I believe she's Jewish so I don't know about... Well, being Jewish isn't the same as being Asian. So. Well, you're just saying, debatable. You're just saying she just wants money. And I was like, well, we all come from Africa the in the end, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Isn't yeah. she South African? That's Charlize Theron. Same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Also, whatever. Johannesburg, is that where you're thinking? Well, that's South Africa. Scarlett Johannesburg. Scarlett Johannesburg. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like they're roughly the same. Yeah. Yeah. Almost uh, the same. Name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Feel like Charlize. Pretty much. Um, what if, and, and they weren't doing this, so it's a super hypothetical, but what if they cast him for that role, but they cast a person of a different race for a white role? Yeah. Would what if they okay yellow washed the lead and then they whitewashed the Asian and then it what all worked out? What if they were out? equal characters? Then it would be cool. Then, Separate right? but equal characters? <laughs> Is that what we're trying to do? That's exactly uh-huh. what's happening. Yeah. Is that okay, though? Would that be fine? If that sort of race changing was happening? I think so, because like, the whole idea be is that like too many characters are white, that right. it shouldn't be taking characters that were or not supposed to be white and making them white. Right, like so that, that Matt Damon white. movie. <laughs> Oh my god! Which was made by the Chinese. Yeah, so I and don't, it was I huge there. Little... Yeah, they they yeah, and I think it's fine. You just they see it on a billboard, Matt and you're Damon. like, it feels yes. tone deaf. I don't fault them. Yeah, but the Chinese are like, this is lit. 
<laughs> we got Matt Damon. Which is funny because it's hard for them to pronounce that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh my god. <laughs> Joey, why do you say these things in my podcast? The, God, Joey. The writ. Uh, on that note, I think we got to get Steve on the line here. <laughs> yeah, I think we covered that. Hey. Hello. Hello. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that was an aggressive coffee can noise. I think it was just my levels. I think we, I think we fixed the levels. Nice. Levels. Steve Bramucci, your book is called the pirates of borneo did i get that right it's called the danger gang and the pirates of borneo oh dang it can't leave out the danger Damn gang it, man. sorry this is already just not working out yeah hang up on him <laughs> show him who's boss let's just call it i think oh hi call it. <laughs> <laughs> um you're on with joey avery and allison mick hello greetings Thanks for having me, guys. I'm a big fan of the broadcast. Yeah, you did a lot of uh, passive aggressive, being like, "Why haven't you had me on the on the podcast yet?" That was pretty much the whole weekend. Well, he got booked, didn't he? I did. Yeah. This this past weekend, I did it, and like for the past couple years, I feel like I've slowly kind of like I don't feel any sense of accomplishment for being on because I've bugged you about it so much. That it feels just kind of like Michael Scott from The Office having a dinner party and people finally coming. No, so, you know what it was? It's like I heard I heard you you told some good stories over the course of the weekend, and I was like, all right, this, these these are some good. These could be some good what, podcast was it, stories. Was it that, or was there a moment when you guys were just both on Molly, and he put his hand on your shoulder, and he's like, it's time. And yeah, like I know. Time for what? You know? Okay. Talk to you Thursday. What day is today? Thursday. That was it. That was it. I was, I was dancing in front of Vince with glow sticks. And then I was like, listen, man, I just, I really think if you had me on the podcast, like, just everything would sync up in life. And, yeah. And Joey's been on drugs before. He knows how this works. Constantly. Yeah. I actually, I, I only took enough Molly to where it just, like, made me kind of, like, warm. I was like, well, this isn't unpleasant, but I don't feel like it's doing much for me. Take more. Yeah, well, that's all we that's ever have, happened. I didn't have I've taken it. Yeah, get really hot, and then my eyes get really big, and then I'm like, "This is chill," and then nothing happens. <laughs> yeah. Chill. I feel like it's because it's usually there's like a 110 pound girl who's like, "Here's some Molly," and then they're like, "Oh, I'm rolling," and you're like, and I'm like, "I weigh twice as much as you, and it's not doing as much for me." Same. Yeah, I don't think there's this moment of like it's happening, but it's more like this is cool, this is cool. Let's keep getting drunk. Oh my god, <laughs> this is great. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, Steve, Can I tell you, probably the best moment with my children's book publisher is going to be when I send this their way and they say like, oh, you guys started out with the Molly talk. <laughs> yeah. you, decided, you led with Molly. Interesting move. I like that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Molly, it's a children's book Molly, for adults. Molly would be a great character for a children's book. It's like, Molly helps you love everyone. <laughs> Molly makes you feel warm inside Molly loves and a head outside. Scratch. Yeah, I feel like someone had to have written that book. If not, that is that's Pollyanna, like for the for the MDMA era. Yeah, goes up, everyone and be really cool. Really brings people together. Yeah. So I, I don't remember how long ago you pitched me on the idea of the Portland, or, sorry, the Oregon Eclipse Festival. And I didn't really, I definitely had no idea what I was getting into. I was just like, oh, that sounds cool. Like a few, like a concert and we'll watch the eclipse and that'll be cool. And then 
like maybe three days before my girlfriend's looking at the website and she's like, you know, you're basically going to Burning Man, right? <laughs> and I was like, huh? But then by then it was like kind of too late to back out. And, uh, and it was also one of those ideas that just seemed so bad that it becomes good again. Because we were gonna we we're gonna drive from here to fucking Oregon, right? To like camp all weekend and hang out with white people with dreadlocks. Who yeah. I'm on record as saying they're my least favorite type of person. Yeah, I don't think they listen to this. I'm uh, sure. They did don't. you get any like fur pelts or like fun steampunky outfits? You, you know, <laughs> I really wish hood. I would have. I really, I, I feel like I dropped the ball. As soon as I got there, I was like, oh duh, I need like a cool costume because now I just look like a narc. <laughs> it's too bad I don't still live here. I have a bevy of flowing pants that uh-huh. I could have passed your way. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of tight pants. A lot of lot of men in tight pants. But I could have so rocked hot. that. Why would they do that? I don't know. I will. There is no time that a human being can feel more out of place than not having a cool costume at Burning Man. I mean, yeah. at, at the Eclipse Festival. Even if you have a cool costume, you're like, is my costume cool enough? Well, this like Vince and I were walking around with jeans and a t-shirt, and I just felt like so idiotic. Like, yeah. everyone's looking at you, and they're all wearing these jackets that light up and, like, stretch <laughs> pants and gold glitter on their faces and you Vince is right like you feel like a cop and you're like I look like an idiot yeah who's <laughs> wearing the real costume Wranglers <laughs> yeah Wranglers. yeah I it, it honestly well, does well you know they have the U-shaped Crocs that doesn't <laughs> yeah. that doesn't pinch or bind yeah. which is why you, I wear those you can't have as much fun as you need to if you're not dressed crazy it mm-hmm. helps you let go it really does I'll take you no shopping. one's ever had fun in jeans <laughs> Well, I don't know about that, but <laughs> do you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jimmy Page would like to would beg to differ. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I just say stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I don't believe it. I don't think it. It just comes out of my mm-hmm. face. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the things that I learned about these festivals that I never would have expected are the fact that they require so much walking. Like, I realize why people at Burning Man have bikes because mm-hmm. shits everything's like four or five miles away. And no one has cell phones. Like, for me, it just was, like, constant logistical problem plus anxiety. Because you kind of have to stay with your group. Because if you don't, they're going to fucking get lost in a sea of 30,000 people. And you need them, you know, to eat food. And uh, and and then trying to coordinate, like, you have to be really on the ball. Which is kind of hard to do when you're trying to do drugs and then you yeah. know, roll around in the dirt. That is literally every festival. It's a logistical nightmare, but you have to get through it together. That yeah. sounds it brings you closer like together. a fucking nightmare. But it's also the best. I, I had just expected, I, I think mostly because I go to this place in my head where I'm like, we're going to be walking around and everyone is going to just be like, hey, guys, come over here. Come with us. You know, drink this. Use this. Mm-hmm. And people have their little groups there. You know, they have their little in-groups. And, and so you, you need to have your people who you're connected to. Or otherwise, you're literally just like a fucking person wandering in the desert. Yeah. And the other thing that I, I didn't expect and didn't really appreciate is that you're like out in this hot fucking desert and there's not a ton of services out there. So you kind of have to carry your water with you. Like you got to carry a bunch of shit that you know you're going to need later. So you feel like you need to have some sort of fucking utility belt on you with like water on it and your and your drugs for the day. Yeah. And uh, festivals are and like that's pretty much it. Festivals drugs, are like but... the army for drug addicts. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that makes sense. It's like yeah. boot camp. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty crazy that that many that 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 all those people can can get it solve, together. In yeah, time. can get it that get it together and meet at the same time and and not die while they're doing drugs in the desert. I guess. Yeah, that all sounds horrible. That doesn't always follow through. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> Sometimes we lose, you know, one or two on the way. But being a pack ant, like being your own pack animal, mm-hmm. like fucking getting a plan together with eight other people, like yeah, it's these terrible. Are heinous scenarios. It was. It was pretty like, heinous a lot of the time. Try like getting a plan. I, I can't get a like, brunch together for four people. <laughs> it is like the that. Thing, so true. The thing that is different, though, is that while you do have to get a plan together for all these people, it's not the same as what's really cool about it is it's different because people aren't living their own lives. Like when you go to a festival like this, people are minimally on their phone aside from talking to you. Everyone's on the same page. of Like, what do you want to do? Oh, let's get fucked up and see some cool shit. Sweet. Let's try and do that. So there's slightly different schedules, but it's it's a very different coordination. And, and well, I, you also can't be on your phone. There's like no cell service at all. Yeah, so there, you, your phone's useless. Intended. Yeah, sure, sure. But <laughs> it makes it really hard to coordinate when you're like yeah. when you actually have to do it. Do you have spreadsheets with your mouth, like a poor like, person? How does this work? I feel like I needed to once we were there. I was like, oh man, there's like a lot of problems to solve. The, the entire first day, we spent the entire first day. Uh, like going to a place that we were supposed to meet someone and then they weren't there and then we went to another place where they might be and then they weren't there and then we went, we went to like six or seven places and then I snapped at Steve at a certain point. It was a pretty amazing, I, I gotta tell you, like this was a true highlight of Vince and my relationship because I've worked with him for like two and a half years now and the, the place where we both work you know, I found through Vince's writing. I've been a fan of his writing for a long time. So we're walking along in the desert and I had eaten a huge meal. Like I had eaten. That's the other thing is like if you don't sync up your bodily functions, you're mm. totally screwed. Yep. So I had eaten a bunch of like tortillas and cheese and I was feeling great. <laughs> and we walked and Vince was saying he wanted food and, and I was just kind of blowing it off. And, and then I said, well, let's do this and let's do this and let's do this. And Vince turned to me with just like his eyes absolutely fucking blazing. And he said, I would like to get food secure first. (laughs) I'm not a dude with a lot of willpower, but nothing has taken more power than not laughing in his face when he said the word at a party where we were all just using drugs and wandering around the desert. I yeah. need security in the wilderness. I need to be food secure, man. You gotta be. It's like job one. That's very like important. Getting secondhand stressed out hearing yeah, about this. No, like it was to super, seventh place. It like, was super stressful. That's what I didn't expect. I, like all the times when we were walking sucked, and then all the times when we were just like sitting were great. That yeah. was my, that's my review. <laughs> that's of, the uh, best druggy review. <laughs> no, sitting feels good. <laughs> you just sit in a place where you know where everybody is, mm-hmm. and like yeah, when you know. don't have to worry about like coordinating with people. We yeah. got we finally got like the second day. We finally got some rafts, and there was like a big lake. There were multiple out there, di- oh, and we got to take rafts out there and uh, and watch the naked people go down the water slide. Yeah. and that was pretty cool. And it's pretty crazy, like how great of bodies a lot of these disgusting hippies have (laughs) yeah like there'd be people where they just had like the 
nastiest looking dreadlocks and a face yeah, that's when like you only eat sprouts hit by like and edibles a, yeah and then they'd have perfect bodies and i was like yeah. oh it must be like the drugs that's why they make their miles. hair ugly on purpose <laughs> only people with really good bodies are allowed to be ugly on purpose that's about true stuff. yeah oh i'm just gonna wear these giant overalls <laughs> what's that he vince was really trying to understand it like he really wanted to get under the skin of it he'd look at me and be like now, do you think this is like a meth thing? Is this a dancing thing? Is this like a walking all day? Like he just really wanted to dig in. How did like, they get the really, so hot? Like, yeah. Want to stop so taking fed. Muay Thai? <laughs> if you well, if you eat like shrooms all day, you're like, you know what sounds good? Four raspberries. <laughs> yeah. Like that's and walking ten miles. Meal. That's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah, you're always you're on a constant vision quest. Yeah, it's always an adventure, mm. and you don't have a ton of money. Like, yeah. It just works out. Yeah, pretty slimming. Um, Steve also told me a great story about when he was working on a weed farm in Australia. I don't know if your publishers are going to allow you to. Can you tell the story? Is that allowed? Well, I'm sure we can. At this point, the fucking ship has sailed. <laughs> They're never going to get a copy of this. And if they track it down on social media, then that's on them. We already talked about doing hard drugs in this country. Like doing soft drugs <laughs> in another hard. country is like. <laughs> Uh, well, so part of the thing was uh, I like agreed to go along with this reluctantly, and then I drove like just past till we got just into Oregon, and then I let Steve take over, and then I like sort of I, and I was asleep, I dozed off, and then I came to as he was like going over rumble strips like on the side of the road, and he was like <laughs> crouched up next to the crouched up next to the steering wheel, and I was like, oh man, this is ruining my sleep, and then. <laughs> making the inception noise and then yeah somehow i went back to sleep again and then when i woke up the second time it was we were at a gas station and it was getting light out and there was guys climbing in the back of our truck and throwing and i realized that steve had picked up hitchhikers at the gas station like before we'd even gotten to the festival that i knew i was going to probably hate he'd picked up hitchhikers and i was like oh man this is turning out to be an even worse idea than i thought even though i signed on because it was a bad idea steve what is wrong with you <laughs> Hitchhikers? That's how you get fucking murdered, dude. They were they were in the back. They were in the bed of the truck with all our stuff, and then they put even a better over themselves. And they cinched it down, and then that was it. But the look on Vince's face in the rearview mirror uh, was just pretty amazing. Like I think he could have <laughs> killed me at that exact moment if I was going to get murdered. He was going to be the person. To actually put the knife in my back. So it was also it was also really early morning, and like the, all the doors of the truck were open, and it's really cold. It's that crisp like early morning desert air, and I'm in Ooh, shorts and a, a t-shirt. A picture. I'm in shorts and a t-shirt, and I'm freezing my dick off, and I'm like, oh man, I should get my jacket. And then I realize, oh, it's underneath some hitchhikers and their hundred pounds of shit. <laughs> So I can't get my jacket. So I'll just, I guess I'll, I can't get at my jacket or food. So I guess I'll just sit here and freeze and be hungry while all these. And also then the, the hitchhikers introduced themselves uh, to us. And one of them uh, was named E-Ride. Oh. <laughs> Is he an app? <laughs> Possibly. It's what ease drivers use to lease their car. Yeah. They turn out to be all right, though. <laughs> Um, so Steve, you also told me about the story when you worked on a, uh, a weed farm in Australia, um, and you thought a guy was going to yeah. kill you. You want to, you want to retell that story? Cause that was pretty good. Maybe I was just on I drugs. will. I can know. I mean, who knows now it's going to, if it can live up to the pressure, but I will try and truncate it too. Cause I think 
you were on drugs and you indulged me in like a solid like third story. We also had seven miles to walk. And so you were like, yeah, yeah, like, just keep rambling on. And then I'll go <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the story was I, uh, I was going to Australia and I was shooting a TV show where we were trying to take a car across Australia using used French fry oil. And before I met the buddy or when I met the buddy who I was going to shoot this thing with, he said, he was like, all right, mate, well, the first thing we got to do is we got some plants in the ground. And he took me out into this national park and he uprooted like 75 weed plants. And then we had to like dry them out and that takes a lot of time. And then all these guys came and they wanted to cut them, you know, they, like they were cutting them into buds and we were surfing in the afternoons and I couldn't do any of that stuff. But the thing that I could do is I could cook. And so I started to reduce the like the shake weed and the stuff off of their scissors, like the little hash balls off their scissors and make it into weed butter. But I had no idea of like how potent to make it. And I basically just like made this insanely potent stuff and then baked it into baked goods and then really lost my mind. So what had happened was I, I was you know, baked on my own pop brownies. And we went over to this other Australian's house and Vince knows having lived there, this guy's what they call a true blue ochre. So he, he has his knees, his socks up to his knees. He's got like sandals on and really tight shorts that, that just barely cover his balls and, you know, like a tank top. I still, have, I, I'm still unclear on the difference between an ochre, a bogan and a larrikin. I still like, they're all a bogan's a chav. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think there's some gray gray area there for sure. Yeah. Well, so th that guy is vital to the story because as the night went on, I, I discovered that he was like the big drug kingpin in the area. And then I, in my in my paranoid state, I was like, oh, well, now they're just gonna kill me. Like now I know this, they're gonna murder me because that's what they're gonna do. And I just like I I you know how weed edibles are. Like I couldn't get out of that headspace. And then things started to stack up where it was like, oh, they really might kill you, like even a sober person. So the guy said, he was like, listen, mate, outside I got a red-bellied whip snake that lives underneath a board. And it's like a super poisonous snake. And he, fucking, he walked me outside. Uh, mate, you want to see my snake? No, that's yeah. not my snake. I got a snake for you, mate. Come check it out. <laughs> so he like and then he did like the thing that you would do in like a B horror movie. He was like, "No, I've seen heaps of them. Go look under that board. It's like 10 feet away." And he like stayed back <laughs> while I went swimming. and of course I'm like this impressionable idiot. And so I was like, "No, I got to do it or I'm never going to get to be friends with this cool fucking Australian drug dealer, I guess." And so I went like looking for the snake and then it wasn't there, and that was great. Uh, but I was like, "Okay, so they got to figure out another way to kill me. <laughs> so the, the the guy who I had come with didn't want to drive home on the surface roads. He drove home on the beach. Be driving home on the beach took two hours. Surface roads would have literally taken 30 seconds. And so that kind of confused me. I was like, definitely dying soon. Maybe it's tonight on the beach. <laughs> and the next morning at 6 a.m., the, the drug kingpin knocks on the door. Well, apparently I had promised to go uh, – scuba diving with him i like to scuba dive so he came and all of the stuff i'm about to tell you really happened and it scared obviously like i was still in this world where i was swearing that this drug kingpin was trying to kill me the first thing he says is he's like listen mate 
our third person dropped out. It's just going to be you and me. <laughs> so I was like, all right. Like, then we get in the boat, and it's just the two of us. Right before we go underwater, he goes, hi, you said last night that you're good with 100, right? And I was like, yeah, 100 feet, that's that's probably where I go. No, nah, mate, 100 meters, which like arguably is obviously my fault. But he's like, 100 meters, mate? We're going down like 300 feet. So it's deeper than I've ever dived. And we get down to the bottom, and there's like, it's all sand, and there are these big boulders, and we kind of weave inside of them. And there are 10 massive fucking nurse sharks, like huge nurse sharks are not going to kill you. But when you see 10 massive sharks, you freak out. And I was like, this is it. Like, he's just going to poke my leg and blood is going to ooze out. Like, this is how we die. <laughs> so uh, what happened was he started pointing to something in the ground. And again, like this impressionable me, I was like, all right. Like I swam closer to the sand with all these nurse sharks around to look at it. He keeps pointing, and I keep sw- swimming closer, and it turns out it's like a shark tooth. And I grab it off the, the sand, and I turn around and look at him, and he's coming at me with a knife. He's pulled a knife out of his boot, and he's coming at me with a knife. <laughs> and then I'm like, well, this is it. Like, at least, and I, I felt like a brief moment of victory. I was like, at least I wasn't paranoid. Like, he really <laughs> was going to kill me. And that's it. Um, but he took the knife and he started striking down like on the anchor cable of it, of the boat that he had tied up to like a a long-term anchor cable and it had all these barnacles on it and the barnacles busted off and then fish ate the barnacles and I broke out of my paranoia but that is that's my story of two days two full days thinking I was going to get murdered in Australia you know, I'm I'm looking at Allison during this story, and I don't I don't think you guys would make great travel companions necessarily. <laughs> Every single thing you said, there's already been a Lifetime movie about a woman getting killed that way. <laughs> this is freaking me out so much. Like I'm having a panic attack right now. I love, I love how one of the moments was like, oh, thank God, nobody knew where that most poisonous snake in the world was. <laughs> yeah. it was oh, it must be lost. Just so. He likes to wander. Yeah. <laughs> He's probably just snaking around right now. <laughs> yeah. uh, wow. I mean, that's the, their favorite thing is getting Americans to uh, to go check out that snake over there. Yeah. Usually it's like a fake go thing. Go check like... out the spider or any animal, any kind of <laughs> fauna there can kill you and looks like something a kid drew. Fuck that shit. So but it, they just sound so cool that like how would you not do it like if yeah. an australian says something to me my general status is like yeah i'm totally gonna do that thing yeah Especially you're like they that? suck this like, dick oh, i've done it i've done it heaps of times so many heaps of times they always sound so unconcerned that it's contagious they're like oh yeah why not and you're like oh yeah okay that sounds good <laughs> the walls are covered in chlamydia just go for it yeah um so did any of your travels influence your, your pirate book? They did. I mean, I, you know what? Truthfully, like, we're all kind of in the same general age range, and I just didn't want to write about fucking, like, middle-class angst. I want to write about adventure and the stuff I wanted to write about as a, uh, read about as a kid. And so I had gone on a lot of trips, and I knew that I, I've spent a lot of time in jungles. And I knew that in I could where? do jungles well. Oh, jungles. In jungles. Jungles. Jungles in, 
jungles in East Africa, jungles in Southeast Asia, jungles in Australia. I just knew I could do that terrain well. And so I wrote an adventure book about a kid whose parents get kidnapped by pirates and and he goes into the jungles to try and rescue them. Didn't you... Uh... Aren't the pirates on the water? <laughs> yeah. You what's stop it. <laughs> just wondering sorry There's no twists. that's why it's called a rainforest <laughs> didn't you also have an experience where you camped out somewhere in the jungle that someone told you not to go and then you woke up and you were like stranded on a boulder i did i did i was in the amazon basin and i uh i rode as deep as i could on a bicycle into the jungle and i was there was like a really cool you know there's a place to put your tent and then there was there these two rocks and a little sandbar out in the middle of the river and i thought like and there was sand sand kind of leading to them and i thought like this is so cool how can you pass this up so i went and camped on them and then i spent like two hours trying to make a fire because everything was wet i cooked my dinner and i just hear this roaring through the jungle and it turned out i thought it was a leopard at first i didn't know what it was it turned out it was the rain coming my direction and I got caught on that little like sandbar in a flash flood, except I was kind of too lazy to leave, and I had a bicycle and a backpack, so I just stuck my hands outside my tent all night and waited for something to happen, and nothing really happened. And the next day I woke up, and my little sandbar had been protected by the big boulders, and I was caught in the middle of just a raging river, like huge flash flood. And I was just isolated on this little tiny spit of sand. Holy shit. So that stuff influences the <laughs> Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, camping close to the water is, uh, it always seems like a good idea. It's not always. So this is the it person that It never seems I, like a good idea. This is the person that I chose to uh, trust myself for the weekend. Someone who's like, <laughs> yeah. can't not camp on a boulder <laughs> surrounded by water. I was like, yeah, this sounds like a great... I mean, if Steve says it's a good idea, maybe we should go do it. And then uh, and then come to find out, he's full of terrible ideas yeah. that almost got him killed. <laughs> All bad yeah. stories. You're like, hey, why don't I lead? <laughs> also, the Australian voice just made me think of the Case File podcast. So I'm like, oh, oh yeah. there's definitely going to be a murder at some point. I hate, I still hate that guy's accent. Well, and I, I like it. most Australian accents, but that one's like so pinched. Like, oh, and then he went down to the, the, the basement. Murder. Murder. Yeah. That's, every time I love it. <laughs> He's bad. Uh, do, you bad. Listen, do you listen to my favorite murderer also? Oh, absolutely. I, I do too. We listen to a bunch on the way up there and... I like it, but also like the one you're listening to a show called My Favorite Murder, and then you're like, "Let's pick up these hitchhikers." <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't my idea. Yeah. Steve was like, idea. "Let's pick up these hitchhikers." <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's like the the host she tells the story, and then Which the, one? and then the other person just like overreacts to it. It's the best. It's I like can't stand telling reactions. Well, shut up because they're both great. <laughs> no, I like yeah. Karen like, always riffs on like George's, George's stories, and George is always like. <gasps> Oh my god! Yeah, she overreacts. She's like, no! Oh, I love it. (laughs) It's like being at a slumber party with your friends talking about murder. It reminds me of like Mansers, where there's just like over the top sound effects to to every. I do really like that show. (laughs) Learn how to smuggle drugs by hiding them in meat. Mm. Because you can't trick the dog, but you can trick the handler of the dog. Oh. Thank you, Mansers. I also learned that you can't fart so hard that your balls explode, so that's good. Thank you. Was that God. a thing you thought? No, could well, happen? no, but that's something that Mansers had on the show. 
this thing you never thought could happen I can't like happen. Like, it turns what if you like were gonna sneeze super hard and then you kept it in? That was probably more likely to make your balls explode. No, just make them double. How in do size. you guys think balls work? <laughs> I don't know. How do you yeah, think they work? I think you I'm can't make them explode thing. through your respiratory. So, all right, what are you saying, Steve? Uh, no, I, I was actually agreeing with you. I've Thank never had you. this ball explosion fear. Finally, we agree on something. <laughs> Turns out, if you want your balls like, to explode, you just have to rub your dick for a while. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> oh, dicks. Steve, I wanted to ask uh, Allison about Taylor Swift because I feel like I am somewhat divorced from the Taylor Swiftosphere, and the internet's just been all all a buzz with Taylor Swift stuff this week. I'm over her. I'm, I'm just, you know. It seemed like everybody was talking about it. I want to hear what Joey it. has to say first. I don't have that much to say. I just feel like I don't really give a shit what she does. I think she's good, a... Good, because I, think I she's have a, a lot to I, say. Good. I think she, I think she just... Stri- every time she's in an interview, I'm just like, oh, she's a sociopath. She's just crazy. Yep. And you can hear... like. There's nothing odder to me than uh, watching famous people who are clearly disconnected try and be conversational mm. when they're clearly not. And what watching jet did her, you come here on? Yeah, like <laughs> that type of shit is so crazy to watch. My only thought that I've ever had about Taylor Swift, this is as far as I've ever, ever of all like in the last ten years. In the last ten years, as far as I've thought about Taylor Swift. Is that she looks like she comes from horse people, and I don't like her. <laughs> she she absolutely like she does. Comes from horse she people. looks like she comes from a family that owned horses, and I don't like her. I don't like. I don't want to. I don't want to know horse people, right. and I don't want. My wanna, first love was equestrian. Yeah, I don't like her, and I don't want to deal with her. That's my. That's the sum total of my thoughts. Okay. You want to play? So. Are you asking me? No, no, no. no, you couldn't hear it. I was playing her new her new single, which is just vaguely obnoxious. And it's yeah, so it sounds bad. like the oh, horse is out God. of the stable. Yeah, I'm sure that I have nothing relevant to say about Taylor Swift. Do you yeah. have any thoughts about her whatsoever? I just yeah, want to get all of your guys' thing out in a while. No, go for it. I mean, there's been competing uh, think pieces, but. I unsubscribed to those. Um, not as hard as I unsubscribed to the Miley Cyrus think pieces because uh, I, don't, I don't think point. it's quite as bad. But I remember when all those were going around, where I was like, I don't care what your think piece is. If the peg for it is Miley Cyrus, then like I don't care. Yeah, like, my n- nothing that this retarded hillbilly does like affects, <laughs> like is gonna change the way I think about society. And I have a, a my like kind of more medium take on it is like I kind of think she's annoying but clearly she works hard she's successful yeah. and people like her so I don't really care yeah. like, 1989 was a pretty good album like, yeah. I don't pay enough attention Love to the her Ryan Adams uh, remake of it it's fantastic Ooh, of 1989 uh, yeah. have not heard it's it it's great yeah. I love mm. Mm. I you love know, that when, album when the Ryan song Adams, Love Story makes me cry like, I, I when Ryan, Ryan Adams did Summer of 69 that was just uh, <laughs> yeah. you know or that song with Rod Stewart where about the pirate movie like that was you the know, one was from that, the Don Juan DeMarco soundtrack yeah. Yeah. Love it. nice nailed it nice <laughs> let's hear it girl so you're our taylor swift correspondent so you have to get us you really have to get you have to bring us up to speed on what's been happening okay so you guys know nothing right now Mm-mm. okay taylor swift just Next released an nothing. album this year or this week called reputation one Bad design. It looks like a free Tumblr format. It looks yeah. terrible. Yeah, it does. Uh, with the uh, metal font. There's 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 newsprint. It's like 
it's like the New York Times thing, and then there's like a metal font that's like oh, reputation, right? Like, yeah, it looks like she's firing back at her critics, or like she's she's, fi- she's yeah, the that's victim the whole of point. headlines, exactly. Basically. Okay, that's yeah. the whole thing. Got it. Got it. Yeah, she's shining. Uh, she's putting a mirror back at us. Firing back. The metal font on a scale from Judas Priest to Burzum, it's a death clock. <laughs> even though she has more in common with Burzum because she capitalizes on her white supremacist fan base. Nice. <laughs> She is. Oh um, yeah, that, she didn't she? Wasn't she getting shit for not like talking about Trump or not? Not. She has uh, a huge fan base in the white supremacist community. They have adopted her as like their Aryan princess mm-hmm, because she looks uh, like she comes from horse people. Because she looks like she comes from horse people. Because mm-hmm. she looks like she would slap a slave or two. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> or two. Probably many. Tommy Lauren. Love the album. Of course. Love the album. Loved the the lead single. Look what you made me do. Which sounds like something that like an abuser says. <laughs> yeah, why are you hitting after yourself? After he throws his wife down the stairs. <laughs> Taylor Swift's new album, Why You Hitting Yourself? Yeah. <laughs> Look what you made me do. Yeah. Oh, that really Holy does. Shit. Oh, my yeah. God, it does. Oh, that's a great take. She refuses to disavow her white supremacist fan base because they make her so much money. Because they do don't they- know how Spotify works. So they're like, let's buy the album. <laughs> Do you think that she refuses to, or do you think she's just like one of those people who's like, I don't have anything to do with that. I'm not even gonna. How like, can you wade not that? be against racism unless you're one actively a racist or two capitalizing on racism? I think some people are like the those people do not speak for my fans. I don't. I don't even want to get involved in that. I don't even want to address that. No. Okay. <laughs> Desmond Tutu says for sure. <laughs> yeah. If you're neutral in such in situations of oppression, you've taken the side of the oppressor. For sure. For sure. And Taylor Swift is a capitalist pick. She's gonna sue me so hard. Oh my god. <laughs> she just wants to make what's money. What's she gonna get? <laughs> Your dog. Whatever. Bitch, you couldn't even date a Kennedy for more than two weeks. Who did she date? That was a Kennedy. Connor Kennedy. He's. Oh, uh, of course, his name's Connor. That's like yeah. the fake name that I would make up for Sean like the millennial age. Irish. Oh, Chad Kennedy. First name Kennedy. <laughs> Dead. Jack. Sean. Dead Sully. <laughs> Uh, she all right. So look what you made me do. Mm-hmm. Lead single. We just listened to like five seconds of it. It's fucking terrible. Yeah, it's so bad. Like it doesn't even have a chorus. Really, like the chorus is spoken, and then she does that like spoken word bridge thing that she does in every song, and it's awful. And through a feast. It's so shitty. It's so bad. It doesn't even sound like her. It doesn't even sound like anything that's out right now, which, like, if you want a hit song, just make it sound like every other hit song. Like, (laughs) it's so easy. That's what the chain smokers do. Yeah, she just reached into a bag of electronic sounds. Yeah. (laughs) Like, pulled out a bunch of snakes. That's the other thing. She's adopted the snake image. You guys don't know about the snake thing. No. Like, the don't tread on me kind of stuff? No. What? What? Okay, so... Like Everyone, the, I've got a red snake under that. <laughs> around this time last year or last spring, uh, Kim Kardashian, uh, Kanye's new album came out, and he had that single "Famous" where he was like, "I made that bitch famous." Yeah. Like me and uh-huh. Taylor are still gonna have sex. Uh, Kim Kardashian on multiple platforms because she's a fucking genius was like on her TV show, like I think I'm gonna release it, and they're like, "Release what?" She's like, "I'm gonna release it," and then. Five minutes after the episode ends, she posts on her Snapchat a series of snaps that is Kanye in the studio 
talking on the phone with Taylor Swift and her being like, yeah, I think like I like he's running the lyric by her being like, is that okay? And she's like, yeah, I think it's really fun because then people are going to be like, oh, like she's so mad about it. But Mm. like, I won't be mad about it. And I'm going to be like, JK, we're friends. And then she got mad about it after it released. Mm. And Kim K blew up her spot. And everyone was just like, oh, Taylor, you fucking snake. You conspired. You told him it was going to be okay. And then it wasn't. And then all these people were posting snake emojis at Taylor. Right. She's a snake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, I'm readopting the snake thing. So she deleted her entire Twitter. Well, so they triple crossed her, though, because this was the plan. And she told them the plan. She quadruple snake dared them. Yeah. No, she wanted her fans to be like, oh, how dare he say that? And then she would say, no, it's fine. We're friends. Right. You know why so I, she came out and was like, I don't like it. Like, you know uh, why she doesn't like it? Because snakes spook horses. <laughs> and she's right. But now stupid. she's the snake. She's, she's reinvented herself right. as the snake queen. Right. You can't spook mm, your own horse. You can't even watch this music video. It's a, such a fucking mess. It's <laughs> what like, is it? Every single thing that's happened to her in the last two years is like referenced in some like mm-hmm. oblique. Mm, very overt way. So do you think like being a pop star is like every teenagers dream because they can live in that world where everything that they do is hyper important like for their entire like taylor swift's like fucking 30 years old or whatever and she still can be like a 14 year old where you know like they're still referencing their like the note their ex like six years ago white girls thrive on attention (laughs) and being a pop star is the only way to get attention without being kidnapped <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. I am one third into if this. You, if, ever like, I mean, if if you go down for like one piece of wisdom, I hope it's that one because that it's, was that was pretty strong. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Okay. The music video <laughs> references to Lemonade, Katy Perry, Kim K, Taylor Swift's own sexual assault t- trial, where she got was reward or she won but was awarded one dollar. Calvin Harris co-writership. She dated this guy and like co-wrote one of his uh, things under a fake name. It was like Nils mm-hmm. Oldberg or uh-huh. something. Swaler Tift. <laughs> <laughs> she there's the part at the end where she has all of her previous incarnations, which you cannot call them that because they're all <laughs> she like just the Dalai like, Lama. <laughs> it's just her in different dresses. She's like, it's different because my hair is curly here and like. <laughs> she's doing all these different incarnations she just goes blackface there's a part where they're all in like a cloud atlas they're all in a pile and she is climbing over all of these like other versions of her oh yeah she's Taylor Swift 6.0 yeah but she's climbing over there's one I didn't I'm not recognize. into horses anymore, you guys. Fuck yeah. off. I don't like horses. I don't like these other versions of my... It's like so, your friend that reinvents herself as like herself, yeah. but like with a nose ring. Yeah. No, <laughs> your she's name's, climbing over them. Your name's Clint, bro. I'm not calling you Tito. That was one of my, <laughs> one of my friends. That's more of a switch. My friend Clint, which is a fucking cool name that in is the first cool place. Name. Like if your name's yeah. Clint, like you have a cool name. Accept it. He went to college and then uh, he decided everybody should call him Tito. For it's like in reason. ninth grade, I tried to get everyone to call me Allie, and everyone was like, we've been going to school with you since kindergarten. Yeah, I, in, fucking Allison. In uh, fourth grade, my friends and I decided to come up with nicknames for each other. We renamed one of my friends Mo, and it stuck from mm. Joseph, and he's Mo to this day. Yeah. It I can still happen. call a 30-year-old man Rectum, because it was his nickname on the Frisbee team. What? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, there's layers to that yeah. one. No, it was just the layer was someone needed. My friend was like, 
Rectum would be a good nickname. And then the first freshman we saw named him that. Oh, Rectum. Yeah. And they're like, why do they call you Rectum? Oh, my, my frisbee days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you old disappointed. Oh, oh, playing a little ring around the rectum. Yeah. <laughs> my friend Cameron. I mean, usually, I mean, that makes sense because usually like a, a nickname has to be decided by the crowd and not the person. My friend Cameron, for some reason, like Cameron became. You can't nickname yourself. Yeah, he it's... nicknamed himself. Cameron became Cambone, became The Bone. Cam and now bone. we actually call him the bone. I don't know how he pulled it off. The like, bone? It's like, yeah. hey, have you talked to the bone Yeah, lately? we call him the bone. Well, it did. Classic. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. I don't know how it's he pulled it off. Like, I don't know why I'm getting all antsy about this. Sorry. I tried it I tried it with my orthodontist when I was in third grade. <laughs> <laughs> what did you ask him I, to I call you? Ready. I didn't want to debut it to like a big audience. <laughs> so I came in and he was like, okay, you're getting braces what do you want to go by? And I looked at him and I like looked at him dead in the eyes and I was like, scooter dude. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, he asked you what you want your braces face nickname to be? Yeah. Like he was like, what, you know, on our card, we let new year, new you. And I was like, I'm going to be scooter dude. And then, I obviously fucking got some sense and never told any other human alive that nickname. Glad you market but tested it at I first. Would go in and I had braces for a really long time. And so like I'd be like a sophomore in high school going in with a girl like on my it was right by my house. We'd run in, you know, on the way to pizza or something and I'd get like a retainer or some shit and he'd be like, "Hey scooter dude." <laughs> oh my god. Tough time. That's so sad. Shit. No, it's cute. It's not sad. Well, every it, time it doesn't work. That fucking orthodontist was you, an enabler, man. Maybe that's why you think jungles are cool. You're like, I gotta escape, scooter dude. I never want to have my teeth looked at again. Every time <laughs> yeah. he comes back to the podcast, <laughs> yeah, oh, he's hey, scooter, the scooter dude. dude. Scooter dude. <laughs> What's got two wheels and likes to have a good time? <laughs> All right. Do you guys want to get to the... Yeah, yes. yeah. Okay. This part is titled The Long Kanye. They manufactured... This is my theory. By the way, I still am not going with you on Kim K as genius, but I just want to... Um, she's I just a wa- genius. I just want to... I just want to express my uh, my opposition to that. Even more than the like white fair. girls love attention, the hill I will die on is that Kim Kardashian is our generation's Andy Warhol. I mean... Mm. Don't make that I mean, face, Joey. Mm, yeah, mm. I mean, you know. Look at her oeuvre and then tell me that it's well, not. I don't know what oeuvre means. I don't either. <laughs> they like call me Joey oeuvre. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is it possible that Andy Warhol sucked? I've only seen yeah, that. Yeah, he sucked. That, okay, like, well, then person, that's fine. Yeah. Well, no, but is art that cool? The can no, seems fine. Okay, well, then sure. Her art no. sucks, too. <laughs> It was so, like manufactured. That. It was like using the like most uh, up to like state of the art technology of the time yeah. to mass produce art so that it could be sold in high volumes quickly. Oh, then I'll I give mean, you that. I don't want to say uh, you know I don't want to I don't want to say that Andy Warhol was like a, a fucking brain genius, but he also talked like her. They're both like, oh wow, oh my god. <laughs> I just I wa- I watched two seconds of that show and I immediately want to jump off the highest thing nearby. Uh, keeping up with the Kardashians. Yeah, I've yeah. never seen it. Yeah, that's, that's probably, why I have such a high yeah, opinion. Yeah, you got <laughs> And you it's like, oh, out. it's like, oh, uh, 
Chris I've seen GIFs from it. Chris Jenner it. is such a genius. I was like, yeah, her genius entirely consists of sending her daughter out in a see-through shirt and having photographers take pictures of it. Like that's that's the fucking that's the the beginning and that's the alpha and omega of. She squirted of out five money trees. Good for her. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. If you want to whore out your kids, you can. Yeah, it's, that's the thing about being a most, capitalist genius is like you just have to not care yeah, about to be a piece the well-being of, of anybody. <laughs> yeah, that's One true. of the more interesting as Louis C.K. Louis C.K. says you can accomplish anything if you don't care about human suffering, which is you know, the pyramids. <laughs> you can accomplish anything yeah. Yeah. in I, the corner wa- of a hotel room. One of the more interesting. T- <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, oh, take. One of the uh, more interesting takes that I've heard on that. And I wish. I I knew where I heard this, but the idea was that reality TV basically started with OJ. Like that was the moment when the networks realized, holy shit, the news blew up. People want to know what people are doing live, and so it's very interesting that this family did shit. This family that was part of and launched by the OJ thing also is the most talented reality TV family. Yeah. They're they're yeah. they're they're talented opportunists. For they were sure. well, they were well placed to, yeah. to And also like Angeline, who's like yeah. that lady that drives around LA in a pink Corvette. She like invented being famous for just being for like no reason. Who is it? What is her name's Angeline? Huh. She was in the news recently because about three weeks ago the Hollywood report like no one knew who she was. She just went by Angeline. She's like sixty something. Mm-hmm. She's sixty seven because she just got eligible for social security benefits, which is how they found her and unmasked her. Mm. <laughs> um, the Hollywood Reporter recently blew up her spot. Sniped. She's been famous for just driving around in a pink Corvette and have driving around L.A. and having uh, billboards up. That just say Angeline mm. phone number, and then Call she just sells overpriced time. merch out of the back out of the trunk of her car. Fucking That's genius! Dope. She charges people ten dollars to take Andy a selfie Warhol with her. Of our generation, <laughs> <laughs> I learned about her in the same class. Did you ever watch the Ray J Kim Kardashian video? Oh yeah, dude. The, my favorite part is at the beginning. He, I don't remember exactly, but he says something like, "Yeah, here's one for y'all to beat that off at home." <laughs> He's like, all these boys are going to beat their dicks off to this one. Like, oh, man. I mean, oh, you know what sex tapes I are for? I should say that before every time. I- <laughs> it's like the original rap shout out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Right. I'm just sad that they're the highest profile Armenians in media, and I feel that it's... Yeah. Uh, well, offensive. Are you Armenian? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, you are? A quarter. Well, there's uh, the Zanku Chicken family mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. the heir murdered his whole family yeah yeah we don't have a lot of positive <laughs> we yeah. have a lot of positive role models well i guess there's always share she's armenian yeah share sarkeesian own that iain i guess I, I, I still don't know if james adomian's armenian or not he is okay well there you go all right there's our positive yeah. role model nice james adomian ryan papazian yeah you got them all <laughs> no one knows ryan papazian i know they should yeah. he's a nice boy okay he's all so. right JK. Old sleeveless rye. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Step one: tear off all your sleeves. Step two: tell everyone you're not going to take your shirt off on stage. Step three: take your shirt off on stage. <laughs> this is going to be hilarious for like the 15 people who are friends. Yeah, with yeah. Uh, whatever. Um, okay, you all know about Kanye. Take it or. He didn't even take her award. I think or he might have. I don't know. Right. Yo yo yo. Yo yo yo. Yeah. Hold Beyonce. Up. Yeah. And he was right, by the he way. He was right. Yeah. Single ladies, brilliant. Single shot, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. It wasn't single shot. They were spliced together, but still. But it was like an MTV award or something, wasn't it? It was the Video Music Award oh, yeah. Video of the Year. 
And they gave it to Taylor Swift for You Belong With Me, which fuck that. I still, I'm just offended by people taking this as like it's a real award show. Yeah, it's not. It's about whose publicist is best. He should have but done you know that at the Oscars this best? year. <laughs> Taylor Swift and Kanye West publicist, Tracy Nguyen Romulus for Yay and what? Tree Pain. Romulus? <laughs> yeah, Tracy Nguyen Romulus, Kanye West, and Tree Pain is cool. Taylor Swift's publicist. Both of them were replaced in the last two years, but... God damn, you did some research. Dude, I super did. I Because I have had this conspiracy theory in my head forever that ever since that, that cut, that like sparked a, te- like a long con, just like PR beef mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. Like people yeah. love feuds like Betty, uh, yeah. Betty Davis and Joan Crawford, right, uh, Biggie right. and Tupac. They did it wrong yeah. by dying. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. You know what's better? Keeping them alive. Right. Yeah. Ups and downs like the plot line of a soap opera. The wins and losses are short lived. Vin Diesel and The Rock. They like each other. No, they don't. They don't. No. No, the fam is broken up, dude. You didn't hear. You Just because of the last the, movie, like you didn't they hear got about to... all the beefs between Vin Diesel and The Rock on the no. set of. I Fast don't want to hear it. I love what them both. Well, Vin Diesel's a big prima donna, and The Rock is a makes professional. Sense. Yeah, it makes sense. And they didn't like that about each other. I mean, I get it. Yeah, yeah. It's like Joan and Betty. Yeah, like one's a star, one is an artist. That's right. Yeah, I don't just know which... like Kanye and Taylor. Oh, he's an artist. She's a star. Damn. She is the Joan. Uh huh. Okay. You know soap operas? I heard of them. Guiding Light mean... has been on the air for eighty fucking years. Yeah. You know who else lasts for eighty years? People. Yeah. This beef is gonna go on for the rest of our lives. Oh, shit. Mm. Like, spoiler Ooh. alert, that's what's happening. That might not be that long. Taylor though. Swift is gonna make a scene at Kanye's funeral. He's definitely gonna die first. You think so? Men die first. He's a black man. And he's a black man. Yeah. Like Life she ex- will say yeah. like something and then get him shot. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Ooh. <laughs> All right. So their publicists, uh, they got new publicists both in the last like two, three years. Formerly, Gabe Tesoriero. For Kanye and mm-hmm. Paula Erickson. Tracy and Tree, they don't have to do shit. All they have to do, like, it's like taking over a franchise. Yeah. It's like being mm-hmm. a writer for The Simpsons. Like, the long term success is already there. Like, they've got the, like, ups and downs. It's like, and, like Speed right. 2 Cruise Control. All you got to do is coast. Like, you, know? you have the template. Yeah. You got the cruise ship. It's, it's like, going to crash into the sa- the town whether you want it to exactly. or not. Yeah. Like, if you so took if over you think for the Warriors, the, like. If you think that the thing is a beef and it's a it's manufactured it's con- for okay sure. so then it seems like you're a little pro kardashian and kanye why would you take a I'm side in a kim. manufactured beef um kim's the wild card because the only person who can take down a white woman is another white woman mm-hmm. kim's not even that white so good on her like double good on her armenians uh-huh. are like fun fact armenians had to petition for our whiteness for the Caucasian designation? Uh, yeah, back in like the early 1900s, you know, the uh, We're literally from the Caucasus. Yeah, exactly. We were literally Caucasian. Uh, there is uh, immigration quotas. Uh-huh. And if you were white, obviously, you got preferential treatment in terms of uh, getting like, but your they're citizenship. So Get them out right. of here. And people were like, Armenians, I don't know. Are you white or not? And then they had there was like a court case where yeah. they had to be like, yes, we're white. And for a while, y'all were like that. But I feel like it's going to get to the point where you guys are like, no, we're Armenian. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Their whole strategy Somebody was just, get, look at this Italian guy. Get, and he was like, oh, what? Give me a tracksuit. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of tracksuits. Yeah. yeah. That was the end of my note. But... <laughs> 
the geopolitical lesson that is coming from this Taylor Swift theory is incredible. <laughs> yeah. It's a like, microcosm for everything I, that's happened. It's like 1984. Like, they're just manufacturing beef, which is really just the conflict that's going on. It's mm-hmm. long term. Mm-hmm. There are players. It's like a chess game, but, like, they already know how it's going to end. Nice. Their publicists are only doing, like, the short-term things. None of us interested in them. Say that again? I'm campaigning. Can it end with none of us being interested in either of them? I mean, I just spoke about them for 10 minutes straight, so In a perfect world, that would be the case. That's how these things fizzle out, is that, like, no one cares anymore. Like, Joan and Betty got old, and everyone's like, eh, who gives a shit? So, uh, this brings me to a larger question. That's why it's good that there's a man in there, because they'll still, like, his cachet will grow with time right so i go back and forth on this idea of do we not feed the trolls or do we just try and stomp on the trolls necks as soon as they pop their head out of the ground and uh so there was the whole fucking patriot prayer shit this past week in san francisco slash berkeley and uh i don't know i feel like it was like 12 dudes and then like six thousand. when it wasn't white supremacist it was trump supporters I mean, tomato, tomato. What is the difference? Yeah. Well, there is a difference because if you're just going to go and destroy the rally of someone who you don't agree with, you look like an asshole unless that person is preaching direct hate. Like the the Patriot rally, it said specifically... We disavow white supremacism. We disavow Nazism. They, they only that, had one white speaker. They had they black that, for Trump, but trans if you, if for you Trump, like, Muslim for but Trump. But if you looked into what those guys have done, like there yeah. was a lot of dudes have done, at the very least, like white supremacy adjacent kind of shit. Yeah, well, I think the best move is like, let them have their thing and don't come off looking like the asshole. They're, I think that because there was be like violent. 12 of them. I, I, think, I think that because there was like 12 of them and to like, go out there with like 6,000 people is like giving them attention when that was kind of all yeah. they really wanted. But then, I mean, compared... But if they were like the Charlottesville dudes where they were like carrying torches and fucking out there with yeah. assault rifles, That's then different. yes, I absolutely think you should go out there and fucking stomp the shit out of those but guys. But after what happened in Boston, like you can't... Like, San Francisco was primed to be like, oh yeah, Boston? Well, we're like you, but like, <laughs> yeah. gay and even liberaler, like, we're gonna surround these Nazis and just be like, fuck you! Like, yeah. Boston set the bar too high. But I mean, I kind of felt like those 12 dudes, like, their only goal was to provoke a giant reaction and we did that. I feel like that's I part know. of the strategy at this yeah, point. Yeah, it absolutely yeah. is. I don't know if that's a loss or well, I, I don't I know don't, what that is. I don't agree with just calling people something that they are saying they're not and being violent with them when they're not doing that because I think it's counterproductive. But yeah. I do. If, they're, if their actions prove that they are something, sure. I feel if like their actions prove that, sure. to call them that, yeah. I will yeah. say that there is, like, the thing that's been, that I've been latching on to as, like, all right, it's good that we, like, who cares about, like, 12 fucking guys in, like, white polos? But after the Boston thing, 78 white supremacist rallies were canceled. So what was the Boston, what was the Boston thing exactly? Oh, some fucking guys, uh, like thirty <laughs> guys, yeah. and then like a million angry Bostonians. So the like, one, so the thing that I'll say for um, those guys, I will agree with Joey. Those, I think the Boston guys were actively like pro Nazi, pro uh, white supremacy. Mm-hmm. I think it was a white supremacist rally. 
Yeah, I just think there's a distinction. It's important to make that distinction when you're authorizing the use of violence against free speech. Yeah, yeah, I do, too. But I just want to punch a Nazi, okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just don't think that's how you win long term, you know? Yeah. I think it's, I, I mean, look, I obviously hate all these things, but I do think it's important to be like, if people are espousing stupid, dumb ideas, they can get shut down without you having to like break the law and hit them and start overreacting and making things worse. I mean, in worse. an ideal world, yes, but I also think that there's some value. Like the, the thing that I loved about Charlottesville was there was all these dudes that were like, I'm just a meme guy and I like to troll people online. And then they had to go out there and they had to stand next to guys who were legit Nazis and, get the, sh- and yeah. get the shit kicked out of them. And it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, you want to fucking play around and be like an online Nazi? Well, this is what it's like, Sh- dumb shit. Yeah, well, Charlottesville so, like, was think, gnarly. I think there's some validity to being like, oh, yeah, if you want to say some shit, then you might get stomped out, and then that might make you realize, like, oh, okay, maybe this isn't a fucking game. Yeah, I don't disagree with the Charlottesville counter-protests at mm. all. It's also not just... 12 losers yeah it's 12 losers with like the most like powerful structures of power in the federal government behind them supporting what they do like the cops what are you saying steve sorry part part of the funny thing with all this is like these are 12 straight white males who like you say like have every all the government behind them and fucking 300 years of history supporting them being privileged and yet in their mind, like their narrative is like, we're getting bullied, like we're getting silenced, we're getting bullied. And somehow it's so bizarre that they have, have found a way to kind of give themselves this weird underdog role of like, well, no one wants us to have free speech. And well, because it's no like Taylor Swift. To- it's like all based on mean comments online. You can call yourself an under like I can buy a crown on Amazon. It doesn't make me a princess. You can call yourself whatever you want. <laughs> Yeah, and all these guys, I mean, you look at, like, if you watch that Vice documentary and you got to see a lot of the people that were there in Charlottesville, I mean, it was fucked up, but you also were like, oh, my God, these are these really sad. These are people that exist. But which was crazy, but you also look at them and you're like, oh, my God, these are these really sad people who have just look like they have had no friends, well, no, like, sexually repressed. Dude, like, them and ISIS they, are the, the, the same dudes. It's yeah. the online Lonely Boys Brigade, man. Like, it's yeah. all fucking dudes that don't have friends. and feel like and, they deserve more. They didn't get it, so they're frustrated. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, it's hard. It's like, do you, I mean, it's the eternal dilemma of do you fucking kill them or do you, you know, try and help them in some way, and who knows? They don't want to be helped, and, like, studies have shown that like being proven wrong just makes people dig into their beliefs even (laughs) further they're just like there was like an adam ruins everything uh video about it recently where being proven wrong logically lights up the same part of the brain as physical pain Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it just like it's the backlash effect where they're just like well the whole thing like everything that you're using to prove me wrong is like made up it like you made that like all those studies are made up like yeah. It's like climate change deniers and like people that don't believe that black people are people. Like, 
Yeah. I have no sympathy for these guys. There was a really good uh, New York Times podcast, The Daily, they did. And they did one, and it was this guy who was like, he was born into a white supremacist family. And he was like, his uncle was David Duke. His dad was... And so he was like, as an eight-year-old, he was brought up writing for this white supremacist site. And he believed all these... It was how his family connected. It was everything. It was just how he grew up. Was he writing it in crayon and all his R's were backwards? He had like a kid's version of the site where they talked about like Lord of the Rings and how it supported their theory. And it was like he had this radio show and it was his life. And then he went to college and like kind of like was in his cage for a while. Well, in his mental cage for a while. And then like someone like kind of found it and he started like talking to other people and they'd say something. He'd be like, well, actually, my studies show. (laughs) And and they some very nice people actually spent like years with him basically being like, okay, well you're citing these studies. These are from, you know, the 1940s. Right. And you can, all these things and people took the time and he completely reversed his position. So now he's like ostracized from his family, but he knows all these people that organized this March. It was really interesting hearing him talk about it because he was like, they probably like, gave him some Molly too. They were like, hey. <laughs> scratch his head, and he was like, "I'll do whatever you say." <laughs> yeah. yeah, Rich is literally being used for all sorts of therapy right now, and is actually not a bad idea. That feels very practical. Yeah, yeah, like I'm, I'm for it. Let's this drug all the these guys water. Molly episode. Molly, Molly. <laughs> oh wait, Joey, you saying that thing uh, made me like second guess all that. Like, okay. There's the Lord of the Flies thing where they're like, human nature is white guy culture. The study I'm quoting uh-huh. might have just been a sample size of adult white men. Oh, so interesting. If they got that guy early, like, it's that. Oh, yeah, it can happen. I mean, I think. Uh, all of social some, science is based some on people, white guys. Some people, <laughs> some people are. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> is that a thing? That's a Stanford prison experiment. Like, Stanford no prison experiment was bullshit, though. Yeah, it was bullshit it was not, because it was, it was just privileged white guys. Oh, it wasn't. No, it wasn't a real thing. Like, are you a Stanford prison experiment truther? No, it's a re- like, re- like, read anything about the Stanford prison experiment. Like, they put it out, like, it gets cited all these places, like, it's this real thing, but every single dude in it was just, like, hamming it up because they knew they were in it, they knew they were being rea- watched. That is They thought they were in a fucking news. reality show the whole time, and they were, like, like one guy Just was, like the Kardashians. One guy was literally doing an impression of the prison guard from Cool Hand Luke the whole time. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting hearing this guy talk about it, because for him it was kind of a trip, he's like... I kind of knew all these guys and I just figured they have really bad ideas and they're losers who are going to toil in obscurity. And then I was watching Charlottesville and I was like, or Charlottesville. And he's like, oh my God, this is exactly (laughs) what they wanted. And I can't believe it. God, that video of that one guy uh, shooting at like the core area of a counter protester, but his safety was still on because he's a fucking idiot. And then he turned it off and then shot at the ground. If it hadn't been on. That's the guy that was. That, that's the guy. guy they found out was like on on probation or was like had warrants out for all sorts of shit, right? He had like a yeah, like most a child, people with guns shouldn't child have molestation. Uh, that said, warrant or something like that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, for child molestation, he had a bunch of warrants out, and one of I thought one of them was for like statutory or child molestation or some shit like Probably. that, sexual assault. I don't remember. Um, this got dark. Yeah. Yeah. Nazis raping kids. That's the other thing. That guy, the the main guy from the Vice doc, was uh, like he's he's in jail for 
like assault with mace basically so like all those videos where they're like pouring milk on themselves because they got bear maced i keep wondering like did they actually get maced by antifa or did they fucking get like friendly fire and drift when they're like trying to mace other people yeah macing people is not easy yeah you're not you don't really like get to aim mace perfectly when you're a big fucking crowd i maced myself in the eyes uh when i was living in boston because my mom sent me this pepper spray she's like you're living in the big city you're gonna Mm -hmm. need it and I was in like Copley Square at like midnight, dry, walking home from a bar, and I was like, "Well, I haven't tried it. Like, let me make sure it works." And sprayed it at like a bush, and then a gust of wind of blew it into oh. my eyes, yeah, yeah. and I had to like walk home like two miles, not like, being able to see and just uh, crying. This is the first scene of Allison Mix pilot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm buying a gun. You can't shoot yourself with a gun. That's right. I mean, no one does ever. No one ever. Oh, shit. I probably can't get a gun and a dog, right? Um, I'd rather have the dog. Just give the give the dog the gun. <laughs> Smudge, here's a dog. Here's a gun. Are you going to name me? it Smudge? Oh, don't That's give what her name is on oh, Pet Finder. Don't give it a food name. Like, when people name their dog, like, biscuits or pancakes or, like, biscuits like, no, it's not. Yes, it is. Give the dog a real name. The American name Frank. Prove, prove that you respect the dog by giving it a real name. Give the dog a like people name. Marshmallow. I like hate it when people, people name. name their animals like Mister something. Yeah, no, that's infantilizing. He could have been a doctor. Yeah, yeah. It's like that too. Doctor Whiskers. I like people named. Uh, my dog's name was Spencer. Yeah, give it a, a fucking fun real name. people name. <laughs> it's a real. Creature, I named. I had know? two. This one uh, is geckos. already named. I don't want to confuse her. Yeah, her name is Smudge. I had two geckos Smudge once that. named Bob and Steve. Mm-hmm. I like but then I didn't like feeding them live crickets, so I didn't keep let them, them die. <laughs> no, I ate them. So uh, I fed them to my them I think they went back to the old pet store in the sky. Yeah, pet store is That's good. Pet store in the sky. In the sky. All right, you guys. I feel like I feel like we covered a lot of stuff, and I feel like it's been real. Yeah, it's yeah, been it's been real. very real. Yeah, Steve. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was a ton of fun, and. Uh, yeah, it was wild. Again, right into it. the book is called Great. Adventure Bill and, and the Rugrats of <laughs> Reptile <laughs> Indonesia. What's it called? I mean, uh, obviously, I'm going to be keeping this interview off of any social channel that I have. So, But if somebody uh, yeah. wants to know. It's, no, it's called, it's called Danger Gang and the Pirates of Borneo. If you have kids in your life. Teens? Is it aimed at uh, teens? Yeah, preteens? Teens tweens? It? Like uh, like a savvy ten year old would be like three to like a uh, maybe a, a little bit faster reading eight year old or a ten year old like or a real precocious only child. It's not about like angst. Tweens, toddlers, man nice. babies. Yeah. Well, uh-huh. Thank you for authoring yeah, that I book mean, and all my nightmares for the next three months. <laughs> <laughs> like the plane isn't coming together at this music festival. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really didn't. I, I did not like that at all. Um, thanks, Steve. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Have Bye. a great night. You too. Anytime. Bye. Uh, yeah, uh, patreon.com slash frockcast. Uh, I saw almost as many new donors this week as old donors who edited their pledges downward. So that feels like <laughs> nice. As long as that's we get, good, though. I, I mean, that's as long as, long as we like maintain uh, equilibrium or, you know, we're only losing like 10 to $15 a month. That's great. Actually, you know what? Fuck it. This month, donate your shit to uh, people that are flooded. Not the Red Cross, because they're a scam, but something else. Uh, There's a million Twitter threads about who to donate to. in need. Do that instead. You yeah. Because 
I'm not drowning. Except <laughs> except in student loan debt. So you know Word. don't don't pity me. Uh, <laughs> Allison Mick, uh, Twitter handle Allison underscore Mick. Boom. Two L's. Two L's and an I, like the Lord intended. Why did Jewish girls only have one L? Is that a Jewish thing? All the Jewish Allisons I know the have Jewish one L. The Jewish and the Asians. Were they all born in 1987? Because 1987 is when the Elvis Costello song came out. Oh, and, and that's only, one L. It's only one L in Elvis mm-hmm. Costello? Oh, yeah. What the hell? Holy Should shit. be Elvis Costello with was one L. Was the answer L. you were looking <laughs> for? Jewish people don't believe in double letters? No, no, I know people older than that. I know Jewish Allisons older than that who only have one L. So oh. I don't know. Allison huh. might be that. Double L might be the Irish way. Could be. Could be. Two L is more of a New Testament thing. Or in Spanish. It's also uh, a German name. In so. Spanish, it could be Ayi Son, which means <laughs> over there we are. Oh, nice. Yeah. I like that. Perfect. Sounds like, like your next book. Yeah, over and there we are. Mick. Um, Joey Mick, Avery. like the ethnic yeah. slur. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Yeah. Hey, check out my website, joeyavery.com. Uh, until next week, uh, no snitching. Yeah. <laughs>